following tape you are about to hear is a lost tape of the Carpenter Queens podcast. The two Finer Girl wannabes were never heard from again. This is that lost tape. Welcome to the Carpenter Queens podcast, your favorite queer stoner horror podcast. The show dedicated to the best and the worst the genre has to offer. Coming to you from the TCQ video store. The only fictional VHS rental spot where you can pick up the classics for only 69 cents a day. I would never barf in your urn, Bren. My name's Raymond. <laughs> ah, you whack the f- and then we got him. My name is Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? What do I know? It's that? from this movie, stupid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. We can tell how high Raymond is to every. I literally just watched it yesterday. <laughs> right. Good evening, Guido. Welcome back to our Halloween celebration. We've talked The Shape. We've talked Killer Dolls. And now it's time to discuss the Dream Master himself. Our Icons Month is in full swing. Have you been, bitch? <laughs> uh, g- good now that the episodes are coming out. I just want to apologize one more time. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. Uh, shit happens. That's it. It's sorry. Shit happens. I mean, like we, like I said in the video, like it was like bus, another, another bus. bus, getting hit by another bus, getting hit by another bus. We had you can take that fake apology you. and shove it straight up your. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, sorry y'all. Um, like Nick said, shit happens. Sorry, <laughs> but we're back and we're better than ever. We're here, and these films have been wonderful the halloween episode i hope everybody enjoys that's the latest one that just came out i thoroughly enjoyed that episode killer duels were the bot were the duels mm. at the duel house but the duels <laughs> but so far spooky season has been really good to me besides getting horribly sick last weekend uh i was sick for like mm. four to five days it took for me to recover but jesus you know you can't keep a good witch down you know what i mean <laughs> Before we begin to talk about these movies, we're going to cut to, you know the drill, everybody. We would love for you all to leave a comment and rate the podcast. If you love what you hear, hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you are streaming, please. Our recommended rentals are our weekly sapphic, a film we either love, love to hate, or love to make fun of. Have you never seen the film? Rent it from our store and come back for all of the deets. Whew. Queerdos, we are heading back over to Elm Street to discuss the original icon classic, Nightmare on Elm Street. 
And now, our feature presentation. Listeners, this terrifying nightmare is available to stream on where? HBO Max. But who knows for how long? <laughs> uh, everywhere else, you'd have to rent or purchase this one. And this is... Look, this is part of our Icons Month. This is like a pillar in the horror community. Enough said. I'm going to take that for take what Take that you what you would like. But let's go <laughs> sharpen up our hand blades and head on over to everybody's favorite. 420, what you smoking? To Freddy's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what did you smoke this week, bitch? Uh, <laughs> I'm still just working on my stash. What? What? Um, I didn't want to let Freddy, you know, put me under any sleeping spells. So I decided to stay up and perky with the sativa. And I smoked Fritter. Fritter? Um, yeah, it was called Fritter. Interesting. I'm assuming like apple fritter. Didn't uh, taste nothing like, like no apple fritter. Apple but mm-hmm. mm. Didn't taste like one, but it got me glazed like one. Oh. Little slots of land. Uh, This week I had, what else did I get? An edible, but mainly because it's been a long day already. Uh, She's been a busy bitch. She's been doing something. So an edible just keeps me high throughout the day without having to worry about like, where's my pen? Where's my joint? What can I grab? What do I need? I need it. Uh, I needed it because, huh, huh. This week's movie. It is our. You sounded like Tabby Brown. Ha! Ha! I'm acting. Uh, this <laughs> sorry. This will be our fourth time venturing into the dreamscape. Where does this first one rank for you? Because so far we have done number one. Really, number one. Really, always, always. This is the beginning. Yeah. This is the start of the franchise. So it got the ball rolling. It gave us fucking Nancy Thompson Amen. as a final girl. Hello, Heather. Like we're gonna get into it, <laughs> but. Yes. For me, this, this first installment is the number one movie in the franchise. Oh, okay. Cause, because so far, uh, if you haven't listened to our, our episodes covering the Nightmare series, please go. I understand they're out of order. We don't care. Clap if you care. I'm going to fuck. It's my show, not yours. Uh, we have done Freddy vs. Jason, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, Ding. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. And this is going to make the original. So we're going all the way back down. For me, controversial but brave statement. This is second for me. Uh, Dream Dream Warriors Warriors. is my number one. I adore Dream Warriors. Uh, This, however, is very close second. Like, they're neck and neck for Mm -hmm. me, everybody. I can't wait to get into it because obviously we love this series. So let's just... Dive right in when we head on over to the VHS's special. When we head on over to the VHS's. There's. Ha ha ha. ha. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's check out the VHS's special features and find out who made and who starred in this movie. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was released November 9th, 1984, the epitome of 80s culture, 84, with a runtime of 1 hour and 31 minutes, and it is very much rated R, even for 80s standards. (laughs) Moving on to your grandma's favorite, taglines. She is the only one who can stop it. If she fails, no one survives. 
If Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> Solid. Solid like, uh, taglines. I love the second one is my ultimate favorite. If Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at Same. all. Same. That is that is amazing tagline. It's it catches your attention. There's a for some reason within the horror community, why is it so hard to find a snappy little tagline? This one is one of the greats. I agree. And honestly, they're I mean wait, I, the first one's not the strongest for sure, but the last two are, are solid. Mm-hmm. Our Nightmare Godfather, the one and only Wes Craven, is our writer mm. and director mm. for this iteration, mm. and it's his fingerprints are all over it. How many? Do you know how many times he's graced our pod? Cursed, Scream Two, Scream Three, Scream Four. Okay, it's still quite a few times. Heavy hitter. So fifth heavy time. Heavy hitter in the store. Yeah, this is the fifth time he's going to be on our on our show. Hello, we love them. We love the greats. Can't not do it. It'd be sacrilegious if we didn't. Moving on to our cast. Okay. Clear the floor. Clear the runway, everybody. Get the roses ready for our Scream Quan, Heather Motherf***ingenkamp, playing our ultimate final girl, Nancy Motherf***ing Thompson. Oh, my God. <laughs> she is stunning. She is this young ingenue. She's got this long, flowy brown hair uh, that's almost a little frizzy at times, but it's still stunning. I think I love it because it give really gives off this nature. That it really gives off this nature that she's just a young teen. She's a young, awkward, sometimes she's the girl teen. next door. She is, and I love her. Wes really wanted somebody who didn't look and feel like a movie star, and it's no shade. Heather Langenkamp's Nancy feels so lived in. She is an actual, mm-hmm. like, young woman, and she sells it for me. I have enough, I have, do not have enough praise for her. Heather Langenkamp is also back again on my goddamn screen in The Midnight Club. I highly, highly suggest oh, yeah. that show. I've been loving it. I'm on, like, episode three or four. If you guys want us to cover shows, let me know. We got a suggestion to do uh, American Horror Story. If you like, if you like mm-hmm. that shit. Let me know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We have John Saxon as Lieutenant Donald Don Thompson. Clear the fucking runway yet <laughs> again. Because we have Robert England as Fred Freddy Krueger beating his own record on our show by being the only actor to appear for fucking times y'all there's a lot of record setters here uh west craven robert england hello like uh uh-huh duh rightfully so we are introducing johnny depp as glenn lance we have ronnie blakely as marge thompson amanda weiss as christina tina gray nick corey as rod lane leslie hoffman as the hall guard joseph whip as sergeant parker Charles Fleischer as Dr. King, Lynn Shay, an icon in her own right, as her teacher, who would go on to become another, I don't want to call her a scream queen. She's a scream queen. But just a queen. She's a queen of horror, mama. Period. You know what? I'll take that back. Take it, honey. And running on our cast, we have Mimi Craven as the nurse. Okay. There's so many great players in this movie. Like, before they mm-hmm. hit it big, after they hit it big, during the, the peak of their, like, uh, 
careers. I love everybody, but everybody, shut up. Shut up. Marge Thompson. Ronnie Blakely. I fucking knew it. Fucking knew it. I cannot overstate how much I love Nancy's mom. I can't wait to talk about it. She's my favorite type of messy character. You are so <laughs> problematic. I know. Your love of these like toxic, <laughs> drunken, uh, slut mother characters. I love them. Come on. She pulls out a bottle of vodka from the it's towels. It's gin, Jackie. She drinks gin. Gin. Only gin. Top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of top shelf, let's move on to reviews. IMDb gave it a 7.4 out of 10. On Metacritic, it averaged a 76 out of 100. Our best friends over Thank at Letterboxd you. gave it a 3.8 out of 5. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 95% on the tomato meter and 84% audience score. What the fuck happened on Metacritic? I know. Well, actually, these aren't all that bad. Like, I understand. I feel like if you get... The girls who get it, get it. The girls who don't, fuck off. I'm about to beat this bitch up. Rotten Tomatoes gets it. They do. They do get it. Well, uh, I feel like these reflect if you... It, this was just, like, a breath of fresh air for slashers. I just want to state that. Like, this opened slashers to a whole new ball game, and I can't wait to talk about it. But... While we're talking about it, let's head on over to the behind-the-scenes featurette as we figure out how this movie was made. Warning! Listen, if you truly want to know the full behind-the-scenes tea, and I'm meaning full, watch the amazing documentary Never Sleep Again. Full breakdown, y'all. It chronicles every iteration from in the entire franchise, except for the remake, thankfully. Shade. And it's in great detail. Uh, we're just going to talk about the things that we love, but if you want everything, it's a four-hour documentary, and I've watched it countless times. Mm -hmm. I've watched it at least twice, if not three times, and uh, we're those nerds. It's fucking great. But we're going to move on to budget. Budget is an estimated $1.8 and at the box office, it... At the box office, it earned a gross worldwide income of $25 million. That's $71 million once adjusted for inflation. <gasps> that's good God almighty. That's fantastic. It's there. I mean, there's the receipts. There's the receipts. There's the receipts. It's, he instantly, he, me being Freddy Krueger, instantly became an icon because of this movie. Because of this franchise. Oh, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. He had the silhouette. He had the costume. He had taglines. He was nightmare-inducing, pun intended. Fully. Oh, bitch. Moving on to our script. The film was inspired by multiple different sources for Craven, but the basis came from a Los Angeles Times article in the 1970s. According to Wes, it was a series of articles, three small articles about men from Southeast Asia who were from immigrant families and had died in the middle of nightmares. Infamously, within the article, it talked about how the men would try and stay awake with hidden pots of coffee by any means necessary. And their dying ages ranged from 19 all the way up to 57. That's some unsolved, that's some unsolved mystery shit. I'm not about it. That is horrifying. I think we touched on it in, in another episode when we were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, but like I used to have a fear of, you know, going to sleep mm -hmm. when I was younger and to, like this this is creepy this gives me the same vibes of like not wanting to go to sleep and the fact that they were like hiding coffee pots in their rooms and in their closets so they wouldn't have to go to sleep is horrifying it's terrifying like, 
you can't fight it. It's when you're most vulnerable. I think that's what I love about this series is that it plays with your most vulnerable vulnerability. Wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at that word. Right across <laughs> the screen. Um, <laughs> for our film's villain, it was drawn from Craven's childhood. Apparently one night, a young Craven saw an elderly man walking on a side path outside the window of his home. The man stopped to glance at and startled Craven and walked off. This man would be the inspiration of Kruger. And I love the way that Cress I love the way that Craven tells this story because it's legit like a boogeyman bullshit. Some asshole guy was just trying to scare some kid. <laughs> Me. <laughs> but where did the the claw hand come from? Was that just from his brain? Uh, from his brain, and it was a collaboration and wanting to move that hand claw away from like regular knives, essentially. So in my head, Craven was just like Okay, I'm sick of knives. What can I do? Five knives! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> More knives. Four knives, sorry. More knives. Apparently, also, originally, it was going to be, like, the Grim Reaper Scythe was also an option, and it was there in a couple drafts, but he officially stuck with, like, the knives after collaboration. No, I'm glad he didn't do that. Me too. As for the infamous name, Craven stated that he was bullied by a child named Fred Krueger. <laughs> That is so fucked up. And I totally would do the same thing. Like, you know, asshole. This guy. I don't know. It also kind of gives him, like, notoriety. Oh, um, I know. I wouldn't be but... mad. I wouldn't be mad being known as, like, Fred Krueger, the Nightmare King. But right. I, the name itself sounds terrifying. It's the constant it Fred Krueger. It's, like, harsh. And it feels evil. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It does. And finally, his inspiration for Kruger's iconic sweater would come from an article in 1982 Scientific American that stated the two colors of red and green were the most clashing colors to the human retina. So he basically wanted to, like, fuck with your eyes um, with not only his wardrobe, and I'm sure you also wrote it down, also with the score, the way that the keys were written, it was meant to kind of throw you off. Like, all these subtle little things that they do to fuck with your psyche is great because it's all about a movie about dreams and your psyche so why not fuck with it at every chance we get i think it's great and it just explodes as the film series goes on to ridiculous feats but you know it's you gotta have your fun for our pre-production infamously the independent corporation new line cinema would agree to produce the film it was especially after like a bidding war apparently disney also optioned the film but they wanted Craven to severely alter it to appear to kids Obvious. and teens. Obviously. And Craven <gasps> was like, no. Uh, but it, it was a bidding war! Actually, it wasn't. It was more like a take my script! <laughs> and uh <laughs> no, we're gonna pass! <laughs> Rejected! Rejected! <laughs> uh, New Line Cinema up to this point had only distributed films. This would be their first commercial mm-hmm. success for the studio, the film has been dubbed The House That Freddy Built. Yes. I love that. I love that. I love it too. And it is. It's 100% T. Without um, the Nightmare um, series, New Line Cinema would, would not, not exist. be a thing. It's, ugh, it's, such a, it's such great history. I am sucker for film history. Originally, Craven had no idea who would play the menacing Kruger. At one point, even Kane Hodder was in talks to play the child murderer. But it wasn't until he auditioned Robert England that he would finally find his star. According to England, before he went into audition, he darkened his lower eyelids with cigarette ash and slicked his hair back. 
Reports state that Craven was impressed with his commitment and willingness to go to a dark place. The proof is in the pudding. We said it so many times. This movie, this villain wouldn't exist without Robert England's commitment 100%. to this fucking character. Agreed. Like, and it's proven. It's proven <laughs> in the remake that you can't have Freddy without Robert England. Nope. Robert England puts his stank on it that nobody else has this essence. He's got this essence that taste. Do you dare say his England dussy into this full oh performance? Oh my god. <sighs> Every episode this season. Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pat on the back. This, For you. This is my dipping my toe in the cool waters joke, okay? <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> For our production, filming would commence on June 11th, 1984, for a total of 32 days. It would be filmed in and around Los Angeles. The home, 1428 Elm Street, is a real-life house in a private home located in L.A. And people have visited. You can visit it. I think at one point it was also an Airbnb, maybe, possibly. I don't know. It sounds like something that L.A. would do. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> totally. I don't know if it was, but yeah, it's, it's totally like a place you can walk up to please don't be rude about it though please don't uh we were just talking before we recorded um i've been i i didn't get down because i didn't want to be those people um i kind of just like please parked in front no like took a picture it was a cute moment um but plenty of people get down which is fine just be respectful the people who still live there yeah it's still there you can see it and um glenn's house is still there but i think glenn's has been significantly altered so yeah it doesn't look the same uh (laughs) I've been to the American Horror Story house, and I was definitely those people who got mm-hmm. down, but I did the walk fast that the oh, aliens yeah. do in, Amer- like, Scary Movie 4, where they're just like, <laughs> three. No, it's three. <laughs> <where> they just... <laughs> Same. Although, when I went to go visit it at the time, they had a huge chain link fence up, because I think so many people were, like, walking onto the property, so I couldn't get anywhere near it. You know what? Whatever, because they still... Let them film there. Like, there's been mo- new, newer episodes where they're back at that Yo, house. Oh, gotta get that money. I mean, period. That's a beautiful home. It takes a lot of upkeep. It is true. It's time to discuss one of the film's strongest points. The special effects, everybody. For this production, mm. over 500 gallons of fake blood was used. Jesus. I can totally see that. With, like, Glenn's death alone. (laughs) With just Glenn's? With, uh, I forget how bloody Tina is. How bloody she remains throughout the rest of the movie. This is where that hard R comes in, bitch. It's the gore. For Tina's infamous death, the production crew would have to build a revolving room set. While filming, the cameraman and Craven would be mounted in fixed seats, while the entire set was rotated 360 degrees. Amanda Weiss would simply drag herself along the floor as it rotated to remain in the center of the room. I am wigless. So fucking cool. And not only that, that takes a lot of... Ingenuity! Um... Not only engine, well, yes, just to build the set alone, holy shit, like everything has to be mounted down, taped down, secured. And I, I, I knew about this when I watched it this time around, I looked really hard to see if I could see anything moving. Um, and I could only clock something at the very end of Glenn's death yeah. because the, the blood started to pool on one side of the set. And so it, it kind of leaned over and I could see the light moving with it. 
that was the only thing I could clock. Well, speaking of, so I want to talk about that incident because it still boggles my mind. The blood geyser death is what it's revert, referred to as uh, Johnny Depp's infamous big death. Uh, they had to use dyed water due to the special effects blood not giving them the correct look that they wanted. But during the filming of the scene, when they decided to dump all that blood out, it caused all of the room to shift because it moved to one side. So it sent... Craven, the cameraman, and everything spinning. So that's why you do also get that weird lean. But Craven liked mm -hmm. it so much because it added like this nightmarish, weird nature yeah. to it. But it also shocked two of the cameramen. It caused the electrical wiring to fucking freak oh God, out because yeah. it splashed mm -hmm. everywhere. No one was significantly hurt. Yeah, she was, like, ow! You know, like, ow! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, who hasn't been shocked that way? How many times have we talked about 1984, like, special effects shit going south? And how wild it was. And they were like, yeah, 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 just fucking, just fucking do it. Keep we'll it in. Do it. Keep it in. <laughs> I mean, you know, they got the shot. They got the shot is iconic, and it's forever cemented in horror history. It's true. It's very, very true. Oh, I love it. Can you hold on really quick? I don't know if... The average listener who doesn't have, like, any particular know-how or anything on the behind-the-scenes of filmmaking. But to build an entire bedroom that can spin 360 degrees with the actor inside and with the cameraman and the director mounted as well is... Insane. I am gobsmacked. Even by today's standard, that's still a big and would cost a lot of fucking money. It is. And I believe they took the idea from a Fred Astaire dance film. I, You can correct me oh, if I'm yeah. wrong. Fred uh -huh. Astaire famously right. dances up the wall. And it's really, it's like this giant rig of a full room that you can tilt. And the camera, mm -hmm. well, essentially for Fred Astaire, no, that's what they did for Fred Astaire too. Uh, I love just the idea and concept to create this fucking crazy death trap 360 mouse wheel. And this is what you get. <laughs> yeah. I miss in camera because I'm gonna bring it up. That I'll bring. I'm gonna bring it up now. The remake tried to do this, and it is still violent in its own right because they just end up mm -hmm. swinging her all over the room with wiring. But mm -hmm. it just pales in comparison to th oh, yeah. this. It is. It's still. F we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Drag her. Slay her. Free her. Sipping on that treaty, hunty. The bathtub scene was accomplished by building a bathroom set above a swimming pool. They would simply have a crew member underneath Heather Langenkamp, and he would just reach on up with his Freddy hand and come up for air whenever he needed it to. Who the fuck thinks of building just a fucking pool above a set? Look at the material. You should be going home You can anyway. be the judge of it. That's ingenuity mama that's smart as hell that's also horrifying it's horrifying i still get chills i still get chills and we get that infamous shot with the claw coming up like oh touch my lastly the ending of the film was far different than what we got craven originally wanted nancy to kill kruger by ceasing to believe in him then awakens to discover that everything that happened was just a nightmare Newland stated that no, <laughs> and demanded a twist ending. 
There were about five different endings that were made up, but the one that was used is the infamous Freddy hand pulling Nancy's mother through the doorway, which is clearly like a sex doll. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so funny. It's so great. <laughs> uh, but I love this twist ending. And if we didn't get this twist ending, we wouldn't have gotten an entire franchise. We would have gotten it anyway. We would have totally gotten it anyway. New Line had a hit, and that's why they instantly came out with Freddy 2. We talked about that debacle. Please go listen to it. Mm. Uh, it's great, though. It's gay pride. Oh, my God, yeah. Gay pride. Yes, Gaga, you look so Yay, God. Good. Yay, God. He, Freddy's gay. He's, He's gay. gay. Freddy's gay. <laughs> Yeah. All right, listeners, we're going to go bowl, we're going to go make a pot of coffee, pop some caffeine pills and get to the breakdown. We'll be right back after these messages. Our movie opens with close-up shots of Freddy creating his iconic razor knife glove. As he completes his DIY project, it leads us into our title card. We meet Tina as she runs around aimlessly through her dream world. She's plagued by the man with knives for fingers as he taunts her at every turn. She's scared and awoken by our first glimpse of Freddy Krueger. When she awakens with a scream, she discovers her top has been shredded. Her mother tells her to cut her nails and to stop having dreams like that, and heads back to her room to get railed. What did he say? <laughs> I hate you. you see this shit this fucker makes me read? Oh. Keep it in. The next morning, Tina arrives at school with her best friends, Nancy and Glenn. She tells them about her nightmare, but they too dismiss Tina's pleas. We also get a quick introduction to Tina's boyfriend, Rod, who is less than charismatic. The friends all admit to having nightmares, but don't discuss the similarities between them. Later that night, Nancy and Glenn have a sleepover at Tina's while her mom is away for the weekend. After a small comedic beat with Glenn calling his mom, the girls realize they both had nightmares about the same person. Glenn attempts to dismiss the coincidence when he hears a noise coming from the back patio. The trio head out to investigate, only to be jump-scared by Rod. He pulls a knife on Glenn, then drags Tina upstairs for a hetero boink session. Tina begs her friends not to leave her alone with her toxic masculine boyfriend. Oh. Ew. Okay. Um, I forgot how aggressive and how montage 80s this movie opens with. I don't know why I forgot it. Trauma, uh, uh, it's aggressiveness, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I do love seeing the beginning and the shaping of the claw, and then just immediately nightmare. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I love this opening montage of the the making of the glove. I think it's very iconic. Um, it kind of sets you up for what we're in for a little bit, and then I love that we kind of just jump in into the dream world because you don't know that it's the dream world until Nancy, or excuse me, Tina starts seeing this freaky man. And you really only get a silhouette. Yeah. And, um, you know, she starts seeing him at her every turn, which kind of kind of gives you a glimpse of the fact that she's dreaming. <laughs> the fucked up part to me is that after her mom comes in to check on her, all she has to tell her is cut your nails, bitch, and don't dream like that. <laughs> Go brush your hair, bitch. Go brush your hair. What <laughs> is with every child on Elm Street having the most fucked up parents? Is it the is it the fact that they have to hide secrets because they all killed Kruger? Because all think... of them are three sheets to the wind, or are fucking the pain dicks. away, or dicks. Actually, every last I, one of them are dicks. 
I think that they were all born and raised in Derry, Maine, and then moved <laughs> to Springwood, Illinois, and that's why they're all like this. Because the people in the new iteration of it are horrible. Oh my god! Well, because Derry itself is just horrible on its own. So everybody that's there true. has the. the well, I'm saying they came from Derry. True. So are you saying like Elm Street kind of has that same thing where it's like everybody's just kind of fucked who lives on Elm Street? Because everybody who lives in Derry is just kind of messed up in their own right. Yeah, but for some reason, it's only specific to Elm Street. I mean, we get more information, kind of, as the series goes on, and it morphs and changes. But at this point in time, and it's something to keep it's in note, just... is that Freddy Krueger is just a child killer. <gasps> Did I spoil the, the whole movie? Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up! Spoiler yes. alert! At this point, the Freddy lore is stated that it, he is just a child murderer. Yeah. Um, but we get introduced to Tina. We get her really wonderful silhouette of this nightgown, her exploring this nightworm world. Uh, the, but she has a nightmare and she grabs a crucifix, which becomes a huge... Ca- Catholicism becomes such a huge thing for Freddy as the, the franchise moves along. Yeah, which um, is a choice. Who doesn't have Catholic trauma? Oh, Jesus. Gross. <laughs> Honestly, though. <laughs> oh, and then we meet... We meet her friends. We meet her best friends. So we meet her best friends, who are Nancy Thompson, our final girl, Ugh. and Glenn. I didn't. I don't remember his last name because I don't ever say it. But Glenn, uh, cutie little Johnny Depp, the one with the driver's license, oh who also happens to be um, Nancy's, Nancy's boyfriend, boyfriend, who lives across the street. How, how very Dawson's Creek. They do. They also climb in each other's windows. That's what I said. It's Dawson's Creek. I love Hello, it. Hello, Kevin Williamson is a huge fan of Nirmal Elm Street. True. There's there's the fingerprints on this one. Uh, but we also do get introduced to Rod. I had a heart on this morning when I woke up, Tina. There's four letters in my name, Rod. How could there be room on your joint for four letters? Hey! Up yours with the twirling lawnmower! What the f- <laughs> Craven. Come through, <laughs> Tina! <laughs> It is a read. We're reading this morning. I love couples but who are... <laughs> Rod is fucking awful through and through from beginning to end. For me, he is not a redeemable character. You have a lot of opinions of Rod tonight. F*** Rod. <laughs> well, this isn't the best introduction. You're just a dickwad. Do I look like I give a fuck? Because I don't. End of sentence. Um, but I do want to note, Tina states... Maybe we're going to have a big earthquake. They say things get weird before when she's talking about her nightmare. Mm-hmm. And then Craven goes on to implement an actual earthquake in a new nightmare when he comes back <laughs> oh my to the series. Yes, I thought about this same exact thing because the earthquakes are a major running theme in that one in that movie. I, it's well cuz 96 that was the earthquake of it was right after yeah, it was 92. We're talking about the what was it called? Northridge earthquake. The Northridge earthquake. Uh, I remember that Craven went out with his crew and filmed portions that were demolished mm-hmm. because of that earthquake. It's and they used it. Yeah, it did. That's it's wild to me that this theme of an earthquake keeps coming back. I love that. Later that night, Glenn and Nancy listened to Tina getting railed by Rod in their rooms, respectively. Post-coitus, the couple has a small talk in which Rod admits that he also had a nightmare. Before Tina can get him to talk about it, he rolls over and falls asleep. Typical. In the other room, a crucifix falls off the wall above Nancy's bed, which lays the groundwork for a really cool in-camera special effect shot. 
Back with Tina, she is lured outside by Freddy, calling out her name and throwing stones at her window. She eventually makes her way outside to the very creepy alley behind her house. She finally comes face to face with her nightmare. Freddy's arms stretch out like Stretch Armstrong so that he can fully encompass the alley. Tina turns to run, only to run right into Freddy. She makes it back into her yard, but he cuts her off at the door. They tussle on the floor, and we cut back to the bedroom where Rod is awoken by her screams. He pulls off the covers to reveal that Tina is fighting for her life, alone. We see her torso slice into, spilling blood everywhere. Her body is used to smack Rod into the corner, and then it's tossed aside and dragged up the walls. As Tina screams out in anguish, Rod pleads for help. We get one last cut and her body plops back onto the bed, covering the entire bedroom and Rod in blood. By the time Glenn and Nancy make it inside, Rod has already made his escape through the bedroom window. So, we have to have sex. Kids have to have sex in order to die. And Tina gets railed. Yeah, she does. And then she dies. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. So you will get chlamydia. And die. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will get pregnant and die. Pregnant and die. Then chlamydia. And then you blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so we shoot kind of in between. So after Tina gets railed, we cut back to Nancy in her bedroom being chaste and innocent. And the crucifix falls off her oh. wall. Ooh, Ooh, careful. Jesus iconography. And then we get a re- this is iconic in camera special uh, effect shot of like Freddy's silhouette coming through the wall above Nancy as she sleeps. It is breathtaking and it's such an easy effect to do. And for some reason in the remake, they thought to go digital. There we go. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say why? it. They went for digital. Why? It's really bad. But I'm going to talk about the good in this one. This. You're right. It's just, if I remember, just a sheet of, like, plastic or some type of nylon that they lit yeah, completely uh-huh. different, and then they just had to push through in order to achieve this effect. It's so creepy. I know I've talked about Freddy Krueger being, like, uh-huh. Freddy Krueger. Have you heard the Friday Krueger? <laughs> I know I've talked about Freddy Krueger being literally the boogeyman. I am terrified of Freddy Krueger. This movie, though, before he becomes the bitch and the welcome to prime time, he's so scary in this movie, the way that he stalks, because I forget, he doesn't, he says stuff, and he has iconic lines, but he does not talk nearly as much as he does later on in the franchise. Oh, yeah, 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 because we, later on in the franchise, he is the star true. of the movie. This is true. So here, there, he's more of just, like, the villain. yeah. And, you know, he wasn't the fan favorite yet. Is it me? Am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. Maybe I am. Because we get the dreamscape again of the Tina being drawn out. And when we do see Freddy, we get... Now it's pretty bad. The, the arms. Arm, arm, what's that guy's name On again? On the fishing poles. Stretch Armstrong. Oh, Stretch Armstrong. It's very Stretch Armstrong. But it was fishing line with just end-to-end on the other sides of the roof. Mm-hmm. And that they just dragged through the alley. It was the 80s, Bill. They had to do what they could. Uh, didn't It doesn't age well, but it's still iconic. It is. And um, it sticks with your brain. I do. I have to kind of disagree, though, when you say that Freddy is horrifying in this movie. Because he is. He's still very scary. But in this scene in particular, right after the long arms, but when he switches back to normal and he starts chasing Tina down this alley, he does this kind of 
hunchback of Notre Dame run after her. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a and goblin. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he did it just because it's a stunning silhouette. I'm sure he did it just so he could get his silhouette. Because for most of the movie, you really only get his silhouette. He's not sure. fully lit. This is true. Um, and so I'm sure that's why he did that walk. But to me, that shit was not scary. <laughs> it wasn't. But we also get the line when she, Tina freaks out. She goes, oh, please, God, this is God. Yes. Fuck, that's a great line. It is such that's a great line. And that's why nobody can do Freddy like Robert does Freddy. There we go. That Thank you. That's what it is. It's also the ripping of the face. That like This is what <gasps> I mean, though. That, <sighs> Right yes. here is the starting of like Freddy's terrifying yes. nature because once he chases her over too, he also slices his fingers and this gross green oh, yeah. acidic blood comes out. Freddy, it to me in all of this at the time that I watched him, terrifying. He was a terrifying little fucker. So just to see all this is, ugh. but there's a note that I I never realized because we're going into the best death scene to me. The whole movie and probably the whole franchise. This is number mm. one for me. Did Tina fuck in her mom's bed? Because Nancy's sleeping in her bed. So she dies yeah. in her mom's. I never realized that. They say it as they're going upstairs, Jackie. Oh. Uh, Rod says, oh, we're going to take Tina's mom's room. You can take Tina's bed. Da, 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 da. I'm too busy looking at Johnny Depp. Clearly, because he literally said it. <laughs> I got lost in his eyes. Yeah, Tina's a dirty little slut, Sibyl Ann. She like, wanted to get railed in her mom's bed and then died in it. Wig, okay. <laughs> Look what you did. That's what you get. Well, you know what? That's what her mom gets. I hope that, like, oh, uh, yeah. her for life. Her mom was oh kind of a terrible God. person. She was a terrible person. But, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this death. Because I have been dying to talk about it since we've talked about this franchise. This death is horrifying and grotesque and nightmare inducing um the gash to her torso the blood splattering all over the bedroom across rod's face ow the dragging of the body up the wall across the ceiling the plopping of her body down back onto the bed and then what really gets me is just the splatter of blood Everything is the splash zone and everything got a dousing of blood. It is great. It's it's so jarring and graphic. I there's just a few scenes that I can always remember distinctly the first time I watched it and this is that exact scene for me. This is the scene that made me scared of Freddy Krueger is the like honestly like the barbaric terrifying way that he just drags her along the walls drags her everywhere and all you hear is her screaming and you're right about the plot but it's the it's the splash noise and then the silence that follows and then the music cue it never fails to still give me goose pimples every time i watch it because it's it's so fucked it's fucked and what a great first kill for a franchise fantastic bloody gory there were screams perfect rod's dialogue is a little cheesy though kind of gives me norman bates oh god what's going on where is mother what's going on and if you weren't guilty why did you like why'd you dip bro 
Like, if you didn't kill her, why'd you dip? I, it's, I guess it's being terrified that you leave or thinking that you're going to get blamed for it. I don't know. How would you? I don't know. I, fuck. I wouldn't know what to do if I were the person that had to come into that, like, crime scene. Well, I definitely wouldn't have ran away. It makes you look more guilty. This is true. This is very true. We meet Lieutenant Thompson at the local police station. He's being filled in on the night's incident. He walks into his office to find Nancy and her mother, Marge, waiting for him. He scolds Marge and asks Nancy how she's doing. It's revealed that Lieutenant Thompson is Marge's ex-husband and Nancy's dad. The next day, Nancy goes to school despite not getting any rest the night before. On her walk, she's accosted by Rod. He pulls her into the bushes and he confesses that he didn't do it, that someone else was out there that night. Before they can talk any further, they're ambushed by Lieutenant Thompson and the rest of the squad. They arrest Rod and Nancy storms off when she realizes her dad used her to get to him. At school, Nancy falls asleep during class and quickly slips into a Freddy-induced nightmare that leads her to following Tina's dead body down into the boiler room of the school. Nancy comes face to face with Freddy. She presses her forearm against the hot pipe to wake herself up. It works and she wakes up screaming and flailing in the middle of class. Did it work though? It did though. You gotta do what you gotta do when it comes to Freddy, seriously. But, But we meet Lieutenant Thompson, holy crap. Very, I still think he's hot. I still think he's so uh, hot. In this movie, yes. <laughs> There's a couple of ones I was like, mm. Yeah, but three, in, he, one, yes. th- in three, he looks a little rough, but fuck, he looks hot. Lieutenant Thompson, one, yes. get in my top's ass. Oh my God. <laughs> Moving on. Marge attempts to get Nancy to stay home from school. And we get... <laughs> Marge, I love Marge day drinking at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., pouring straight up vodka into her glass. But it is also masking, like, it's for some reason holding a cup of coffee. I fucking. She's. Uh, putting on a show. I love Marge. Besides the fact that, yes, she is a drunk, but her hair is always done, her makeup is always beat, and it's. For now. Don't you dare take it away from her. She's getting Nancy ready for sleep. I love that Nancy does state, though, that she's like, I'll sleep in study hall. Did everybody sleep in study hall? Because I did. They sure as fuck weren't studying. <laughs> it's true. I love Marge. I can't wait to continue on with her I story. Know. You are Marge. I, you want to be Marge. I would never. I'm high in public, not drunk in public. You would never, but you want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I cosplayed as her. Nobody would know. Nobody, Nobody would know. Would I would have to get, a, like, an arm that I can wrap around <laughs> myself. Oh, my God. That would actually be pretty sickening. But Nancy still pushes through, and she decides to head on to school, going her normal way. She's approached by Rod. and Not approached, Rich. He dragged yeah, her ass he into the bushes. Yeah, he does. And he's not wearing a shirt, and he's got no shoes or socks, bro. You still find him hot, though. Yeah, I do. I bet he's not wearing underwear, either. Uh, ooh, better. Right? See, oh, thank you. I forgot. I forgot he was wearing those tidy whities in that uh, Tina kill scene. God damn. Anyways, uh, Rod pulls it's her into the bushes. He's like, I didn't. I didn't kill her. It was somebody else. Da 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 da. And then all of a sudden, Lieutenant Thompson comes out from behind and chases him off. And then there's a whole little chase down scene where they get Rod, and then um, Nancy realizes that. Her dad used her. Daddy, you used me! He's like, what the f*** are you going to school for anyway? <laughs> that's, that's almost <laughs> verbatim what he says. <laughs> He's such an asshole. You would still suck his dick, though. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. 
Yeah, I would. You're a little slut. But we get our iconic actress, our teacher. She comes in to teach us some things. This is the second time we've had to learn something in horror movies that we've covered this month because Lori's also learning something, but Nancy falls asleep immediately. Nancy's like, fuck this, I don't care. <laughs> we get some of the most excellent imagery that still sticks mm -hmm. with us for the franchise. Mm -hmm. We get the mm -hmm. body bag mm -hmm. that still gives me creeps. Tina Ugh. in this body bag, just head to toe covered in blood is horrific. And then she's dragged off by her feet. Fantastic. We also get um, Nancy wandering down the hall and she's <laughs> jump scared by the infamous hall monitor who gives us the no running in the halls. Love, love that segment. Where's your pass? Screw your pass. <laughs> <laughs> Come Nancy's through, a Nancy. bad girl. She is a bad girl. She's determined. <sighs> And we get more boiler room stuff. This is the beginning of the boiler room. The dreamscape of the boiler room. It becomes a little tired as the series goes on. But this is the first. Yeah. This is the beginning. And I forget how in the beginning he's like self-mutilating. There's like maggots coming out of him. There's like ooze yeah. stuff that happens. He laughs a lot. It gives me like really boogeyman childlike aesthetic of like what could be the most terrifying thing maggots uh spooky yeah. scary things um, yeah i i could see that i agree well, because we have to establish that he is the nightmare man you know he is what your your nightmares are made of so i think that's what craven's trying to establish here and i like that i just find it fascinating that freddy as the series goes on he gets a lot darker he plays on specific fears he plays on mm -hmm. specific insecurities and in people's like stories and i th that's when we love him that's when he gets most nasty but to see him at this point where it's just like ah, maggots <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> boo bitch oh, yeah and then she uh you know she comes face to face with freddy and then she realizes that she can wake herself up so she presses her arm against the hot boiling pipe and she wakes herself up and it's a pretty freaking excellent freak out. Rightfully so. The whole class is like, what the fuck? Even the teacher doesn't know what to say. Nancy's like, I'll just go straight home. You'll, you'll need a hall pass. <laughs> Screw your hall pass. <laughs> so she should have said to the teacher. <sighs> Nancy leaves school for the day and decides to go and visit Rod in jail. They discuss the events of that night. Rod sticks to his story that he was not alone in that room with Tina. He then admits to also suffering from night terrors and dreaming of the same man both Nancy and Tina dreamed of. Later that night, Nancy sleepily takes a relaxing bath as she unknowingly recites the schoolyard rhyme. She doses off in the tub, and when she does, Freddy's knived glove comes up from the depths and pulls Nancy under. She gasps and screams for her life. When her mother comes rushing in, Nancy acts as if everything is fine. Nancy pops some caffeine pills and struggles to stay awake while watching Evil Dead 2. She turns off the TV and walks over to the window when she's jump scared by Glenn, who's made his way over to check on her. She confides in Glenn and asks him for his help. She needs him to stay awake and watch her while she sleeps. If she looks like she's having a nightmare, he needs to wake her up. We join Nancy in her dream. She makes her way over to the police station to see Freddy inching his way toward Rod. When she calls out for Glenn's help, she's chased back home by Freddy. 
He chases her all the way back to her bedroom, and when she attempts to wake herself up, it doesn't work. Freddy bursts through her mirror, inciting an all-out brawl. Nancy and Freddy are full-on tussling at this point. Nancy's alarm clock finally goes off, waking her and Glenn. She immediately scolds Glenn for being completely useless, and then the two make their way to the police station to check on Rod. While the teens fight with the lieutenant to be heard, Freddy kills Rod via a hanging with his bedsheet, making it look like a suicide. Huh. Damn. Oh. <clears throat> Double homicide. Oh my god! <laughs> Cut the cameras. <laughs> Dead ass. I love that she, like, after has this freak out at school, she's like, I'm gonna go visit Rod in jail. I need to know. Nancy is one of the smartest final girls. She may be young, but she is always ready to get that information. Because she does this, and she gets the fucking manual later on to kick Freddy's ass. Um, Rod also admits that he has dreams, or the, excuse me, the nightmares. And they both, uh, they realize they're all dreaming about Freddy. Let's cut to a relaxing bath. A wonderful, warm little thing. Calm your nerves. Do you know how long it took me to take baths after I watched this fucking movie? <laughs> she hasn't taken a bath since. <laughs> I haven't showered since 1997. <laughs> I love this shot. It's always, I love when people reference it, like looking at you, Megan the Stallion. I love when she mm. references it in her music video. I love the queer takes on this, this segment. I feel like this is when Freddie made a stamp of the glove. I think it was so smart to have a segment that just showcases the hand in the glove. glove. Oh, it's so good. This was another thing that cemented in like horror history, not only horror history, but like pop culture. Uh huh. So, wow. Another iconic shot. This is where um, Freddie pulls her under, and we have this horrifying like nightmare. In sequence where she's being drowned in her own bathtub. Mm-hmm. And then Nancy's mom tries to come in. She's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it, mom. Everything's fine. Go I drink. Just, I slipped. I slipped getting out of the tub. That was all. <laughs> Making her mom seem like she's even more crazy than she is. <laughs> That's why her mom drinks even more. You know what? Marge is just doing the best she can. <laughs> she also reaches for stay awake, fast acting, like, trucker pills, who just has those readily available in their goddamn cabinet? Whoa, look at her mom. Boom, oh, and there it there is. we go. <laughs> the apple fall, doesn't fall far from the tree, Sally. That house is loaded, bitch. She's got pills. She's got bottles. She's probably got a <gasps> in her drawer. <gasps> Don't joke like that. Don't joke like that. I said it. So she pops some caffeine pills, and then she goes, and she watches, she watches Evil Dead 2 ooh, in her bedroom. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can relate. They keep referencing each other throughout their series. Uh, Evil I Dead know, it's so cute. 2, I believe, has the hand somewhere. So it's so fun. It's in the shed. Let's talk about Glenn's useless ass. Glenn's useless ass um, also paving the way for Dawson's Creek to, you know, climb up the rose-ridden trellis up to the girlfriend's window. You're <laughs> such a jackass. <laughs> it's, it's true it is true this is total boy meets bo- boy meets girl girl likes boy boy's gay wait yay boy boy's meet... not gay you want him to be gay <laughs> yeah i do yeah i do <laughs> uh, that little twink Fuck. i keep warning people this whole season to stay away from twinks and here i am like 
Uh. Pushing the twinks. Uh. Lusting after the twinks. You're looking at the boys again, weren't you? <laughs> You're a we get to traverse again, and now we get to go to certain locations, which is an interesting thing that I feel like we don't ever come back to in the nightmare world where you can visit specific locations that are happening in real life and you can see what's happening, but you're still in a dream. So this is astral projecting. Got it. Yeah, we're, this is where uh, James Wan got the idea for Insidious. <gasps> I solved the case, y'all. <laughs> uh, she runs back as Freddy chases her. We get one of the many fight scenes between Nancy and Freddy. They literally go at it as so many fucking times Fist in this movie. Fisticuffs, Jackie. Yeah, they, they are do. going fists. It's it's an all out, like what the fuck? And then Glenn's just like sleeping in the corner this whole time, which is ridiculous because at the beginning of her dream she was like, "Glenn, are you still watching?" Yeah. Thank you. Cool. And I was just like, checking. "Okay, so you knew?" I'm assuming that she just thought that that was like her dream version of Glenn, I guess. But I was like, "Girl, you knew he was in the dream from the jump, so you knew he was asleep." Whatever. I digress. She fights Freddy. And then Freddy kills Rod and makes it look like a suicide. Mm-hmm. We get the staircase pull. So I just, I always love mentioning this little fun fact. When she's running up the stairs and you get that really great dreamlike feeling of your feet being stuck and you can't get them out of the Ooh. stairs. That's pancake mix. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? They let it sit. They let it sit for like, I think an hour. It's and like then really gummy. It becomes this stretchy monstrosity. It almost looks like the stuff. It's so wicked. 1984 for you. It's such a good reference, though, because who hasn't had that dream of, like, trying to, like, run and you can't, like, your feet are stuck or you're running in place. Ugh. (laughs) But Nancy wakes up thanks to the alarm. Thanks a lot, Glenn. We aren't able able to hear Glenn. But her mom comes in. I just love her mom. She cares about her, but she's drunk. No, she doesn't. If she cared about her, she would have stopped drinking and really helped her daughter. Instead of being a drunken slut, Sibylan. She's got to get her rocks off. She's been through a lot. She went through a divorce. <laughs> One. How about you go through many and then come back to me? <laughs> uh, but, of course, she immediately tries to go to the police station and warn and get Rod. I hate that his name is Rod. It's such a weird... It's such an awful name. Hot Rod. Uh, but we get a wild suicide death from freddy i love when he does this shit yeah i like when it's... he makes it look like other things like in dream warriors three when yeah and kill... in uh freddy versus jason where they make mm-hmm. him look like suicide yeah 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 i can see that i just think maybe like the way they did it wasn't the best i don't know the effects like are you saying you don't like the filmed backwards yeah. bed sheet? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that's what it is but it's it's a good idea like to make it look like a suicide listen you gotta use what you gotta use they spent all the budget on the rotating room okay we got a bed sheet and I, oh. honestly though <laughs> at rod's funeral service nancy tells her dad that the killer is still out there when she begins to describe freddie's appearance her parents look visibly distraught Marge states that she's going to get her some professional help. Her mother takes her to some sort of sleep study. We get some dialogue on sleep, dreams, and nightmares. During the study, Nancy is monitored. Inevitably, she has a nightmare. She begins to scream and convulse. They run in to help her, and when they do, Nancy awakens. She awakens with a new rogue white streak through her hair, a cut on her arm, and Freddy's hat. She claims to have pulled it off his head right before she awoke. The next morning, back at home, Nancy and her mom have a heated argument after Nancy finds out that she knew who Freddy Krueger was the entire time. 
She storms off and meets up with Glenn as she reads her books on booby traps. When she returns home, she's shocked and disgusted to see that her mom has put bars on the windows. She runs inside and confronts her mother. Marge tells her to meet her in the cellar if she wants to know who Fred Krueger is. She walks over to the furnace and tells Nancy that he was a child murderer who had killed at least 20 kids in the neighborhood. She explains that after he was arrested, he got out on technicality, which enraged the parents of the small town. The PTA then went on a witch hunt where they tracked him down in an abandoned warehouse and burned him alive. Marge even shows Nancy the knife glove she kept as a reminder, and Nancy recoils in fear. We love an origin story. <laughs> you love an origin story. Yeah, I do. Okay, Rod died. Who doesn't love a funeral, you know? Except Nancy said, I'm not going to wear a black and wear a blue. And I'm for it. She did, huh? The disrespect. Probably she didn't show up wearing white. Oh my god, I know. Here comes the bride. Nancy does, however, she's looking a little, little haggard, is the best way I could say it. Her eyes are looking <laughs> deep set. A lot of purple. sunken. Uh, I mean, she hasn't slept in like four days. Seriously. But I just, I want to just talk about, because it continues on, especially throughout the whole series i hate how the parents just disregard when they know and it's not until the kids are literally on the brink of death i know it's a movie and that's how it's gonna progress (laughs) but i get frustrated because it's just like you guys killed him but yet you and she knows these things these aren't red flags to you okay y'all are really like well i mean hello they're white rich parents they want to keep their secrets and they don't give a like they're killed their children are dying because of it they're gonna keep that secret because they don't want to go to jail (laughs) But um, I love this little, but I love this little exchange as they're leaving the funeral and the lieutenant is helping, you know, Nancy back to the car and he's asking how she's doing. And the mom's like, I'm going to get her some help, some professional help. And she takes her some sleep study, which sure, I guess. And so they rig her up with all these wires and then inevitably she starts having a nightmare. And this is when she's able to, ooh, she can pull things out from her dreams now. She pulls out with Freddy's hat. Oh, we get some great more dream lore. Essentially, you can pull things out. Uh, when Nancy gets to the place, she talks about, she's like, can I just take a pill that doesn't let you s- dream? <gasps> These are Everybody the needs a dream. <laughs> I don't <gasps> like that he says that, though. I just, come on, Marge. She had her hair done up. She's smoking oh in over the, the room. Her eyeshadow is purple. She's here to present. But we also get the guy who talks about... The, uh, Dreams being the body's little hocus pocus. The thing is, we still don't know what they are and where they come from. Like, lies. Wes, Wes lies could and vicious not rumors. help flex his philosophy degree. You love talking about Wes and his fucking philosophy degree. Because he and deserves to be praised for his philosophy degree. Does he? You mentioned the shit. I forgot what episode it was. And you kept mentioning Wes and his philosophy degree. And I yeah, called him an old tube. white dude. <gasps> because that's exactly what all this philosophy shit gives me. It was nothing but a bunch of white dudes jerking each other off. They wouldn't get out of the cock-a-doody car. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took philosophy and I fucking hated that class. I could not find a more boring fucking class to go to. No, I, I don't even know why she would say that. So anyways, Railed. Marge. <laughs> Marge is smoking, but yeah, I want to go back to the dream roll. Sorry, I just had to give Marge her spotlight. When she pulls out everything and she's cut and she's got this white streak. Nobody cares. 
Her mother does. She mentions it, but nobody, yeah, nobody really cares. The doctors are like, oh, yeah, that, that happens sometimes. I am confusion. I just, I don't buy it. And it's the number one thing that bugs me about this scene. Like, you do one... buy it, though, because look at your hair. <laughs> the generations that Nancy inspired. <laughs> the doors that she has opened. <laughs> look at her hair. Who would you believe? Who would you believe? Move, I'm gay. Uh, the next morning, we cut back, and Nancy and her mom are having the most... This is why, I think. It's the most delicious, heated argument. It's so August, Osage County, Meryl Streep in doubt. Oh, my God. Uh, Tony Collette arguing for this movie. I'm not saying it's up there, but it's this for this movie. Nancy uh-huh. hasn't slept. She's looking haggard. Her mom's looking haggard for a whole other reason. She's hung over. She's hung over. Still drinking. But her... I love the line that Nancy gives her. Feel better? Feel better? You call this feeling better? Or maybe I should just grab the bottle and veg out with you. Avoid Woo! everything happening to me by getting good and loaded. Ooh! <laughs> and then she, ooh. Oh my goodness. First thing in the morning, girl. We she chose no violence. Drama. I love it. I love White it. White people. But yeah, because rightfully so, they have this heated argument because Nancy finds out that her mom knew exactly who Freddy Krueger was this entire fucking time. So she storms out and meets up with Glenn. And when Glenn, first of all, they meet up in Venice. I was just going to say this. (laughs) Straight up palm trees. You could see like surfers coming off the beach in the background. But we're still in this. We're in this sleepy town of Springwood, Ohio. Sure. Actually, I don't think they really established... Springwood yeah. by this point, did they? Yeah, yeah. it's meant to be Springwood, Ohio, uh-huh. yeah. So they meet up, they talk, and Glenn's like, what are you reading up on? And she sees it's like a, a book of booby traps, sure. But I love when she returns home. And she sees that, first of all, in a matter of like four hours, the mother has managed to put get bars put on all the windows. But for me, it's the I know disgust what it is. of Nancy. Ugh, gross. As she walks up to the house. I can relate, girl, because growing up in the hood, everybody has bars on their windows, and it really does not look pleasant. I understand we live in a rough neighborhood, but ugh, Jesus, gross. Oh, Jesus, gross. I love it. Uh, Nancy also goes upstairs, and we get a, 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 a shot. We get a shot of her mom going into where the towels and blankets are <laughs> and pulling out a full bottle of gin, whatever you want it to be, and chugs that shit back and like leans up against the wall and is just like, oh, God, today drained me. <laughs> <laughs> she is straight up alcoholic, straight up. And, which leads her to finally, she's drunk enough that she can let her daughter in. Wow, look at that vulnerability. She... <laughs> Leads her down into the the boiler room, and it's the line for me when she's explaining Kruger's story and how they killed him, and how the PTA went on a winch hunt and tried to kill him, especially after Kruger got out on a technicality. But it's March telling her, You can sleep now, baby. He can't hurt you, though, cause, because mommy killed him. You're like, Fuck. What did he say? <laughs> Fuck. That's a fed up thing to say. It is a fed up thing to say. Thanks. Thank you, mom. Wow. Thanks, Mom, for killing a child murderer. Thanks a heap, Coyote Ugly. This murder stings worse than your abandonment. Honestly, now he's haunting my dreams, and now he wants to kill me now that I'm a teenager. And you still don't believe me. Um, Give me me your fucking gin. 
I'm near I'll a have some goddamn gin. Whatever. Her mother's a drunken slut. She's a mess. And then she keeps she keeps Freddy's glove as a fucking like token. Uh, un, uh, what do they call it? Making us un recuerdo. Like she keeps it as like a little keepsake. I'm like, girl, you are really sick. <laughs> You're a sick lady, Marge. You're sick. Later that night, Nancy calls Glenn to ask for his help in catching Freddie. She asks him to meet her on the porch at midnight. And in the meantime, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Cut to Glenn asleep. Nancy can't get through to him because his parents have left the phone off the hook purposely. Nancy attempts to wake him in person, but her drunken mother has installed a deadbolt on the door, locking them both in. Back in Glenn's bedroom, Freddy pulls him in, in through the bed, and immediately a geyser of blood comes spilling out from his bed. The police arrive at Glenn's house, along with Lieutenant Thompson, of course, and Nancy watches from her window as her father investigates the murder of her boyfriend. She calls Glenn's house and speaks to her father, and she asks him to be there when she wakes to arrest Freddy. He assigns an officer to watch over the house while he works on the investigation. Nancy sets up all her traps and then reconciled with her mother before putting her to bed. Nancy says her prayers before falling asleep to face Kruger once and for all. What's it for all? <laughs> You're such a dork. Okay. Glenn sucks. Yeah. He's such a hottie, but Glenn sucks. Yeah. He can't even stay awake. Two things. This TV, I've never seen this type of like mini TV that you just lay in your lap like this in my life. I want one. Two, this look, Jackie. This look, this is like a finer girl fit. Granted, oh, Glenn yeah. doesn't make it out alive. This is one of those iconic 80s fits. Hello, the crop top. Absolutely. Did you see the little happy trail? Mm-hmm. Oh. But yeah, uh, this is an iconic look. And yeah, those TVs really existed. Those were like almost like the little TVs that they would put in the kitchen. Oh, that makes sense now. Okay, I, I guess I'm just seeing it in a different way. Yeah, we just weren't, you know, we didn't have enough money for those things. Uh, Nancy tries to reach Glenn, best that she can, stopped in multiple ways, especially Glenn's dad just being like, fuck you, I'm going to leave this phone off the ringer, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we get Glenn's death, the second most iconic death in this film. How do you feel about Glenn's death? This is stunning and horrifying at the same time because your bed is your comfort zone you know you feel safe there and to just get sucked in in the middle of your bed is horrifying and the imagery of literal geyser of blood coming out from the middle of glenn's mattress Mm. is horrifying and it was an it was a fantastic uh, in-camera special effect. Like, Ugh. that. to me, that special effect has not aged at all. It still scares me. No, it's so frightening. It's very in line to me with the shining elevator door mm. opening to blood. Mm-hmm. It's same energy, just different ways. I love the way that it's done. There's also a cut scene. There's still also infamous photos. Uh, Glenn was originally supposed to slowly rise out of the bed and just be drenched oh, yeah. in blood. I think it's really neat. I do understand them, them cutting it out. I think it's far more frightening if you never see him again. Ugh, just beautiful stuff. Uh, Nancy tries to essentially get somebody to believe her. And even mm-hmm. her dad's like, sure, sweetie. Sure. Death to all of them. Oh, yeah. He's like, just, just go watch my daughter. Watch for what? I don't know. Just go over there and see, you know, 
if she calls for anything, if the lights flicker, I don't know. Nancy reconciles with her mom. It's she just puts her to bed. It, Marge, Marge, she's putting her drunken mess to bed. Marge, uh, Nancy says her prayers again. More of that religious aspect to it, and mm-hmm. is determined to go in and fight. It's uh, what is with the '80s? This is very Home Alone. I think there's also a segment th- in like Little you. Monsters where they also set up traps yes. too. There's just like booby traps were such a thing mm-hmm. in the '80s. Yeah, and I guess it also has to do with the fact that she's just a teenage girl. What is she going to do? Like, she doesn't have access to a gun. She puts she... gunpowder in the bulb, doesn't she? Is it gunpowder? Something. Something she powdery. She something. Uh, yeah. ah! She put something in there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I kind of live. It, like you said, it definitely gives me Home Alone vibes. It's pre-Home Alone, obviously. Uh, it gives me, like, Goonies vibes. I yeah. don't know. I like it. I yeah. Like it a lot. It's, it's so fun. I d- it sets you up for this big finale that you're just dying for. These two have been going at it. I also forgot, well, before Glenn died, the phone, the phone. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. When we get yes. some tongue action. Oh, I want is it. Like, this is like our first inkling of the campiness that Freddy can get to. The dark humor, if you will. And I love it. Nancy leaves her bedroom and makes her way into the cellar. She pulls out the rag Freddy's glove was wrapped in, but is now empty. She makes her way further down another flight of stairs, delving further and further into her nightmare. She eventually makes her way into Freddy's lair with a face-off, and Nancy leads him on a chase back to her house. Her lime goes off, and she tackles Freddy, hanging onto him, dragging him into the real world. She manages to lock him in her bedroom while she screams for help. It takes more than a few attempts before the officer finally informs the lieutenant of what's going on. Freddy manages to break out of Nancy's room and falls victim to each and every one of her traps. They have a showdown in the living room where Nancy sets him on fire and she breaks the front window, screaming for her dad. When her dad and the other officers finally make it over, Freddy has made his way upstairs and claimed the life of Marge. When they uncover her charred corpse, she is lowered into the afterworld. The sheriff leaves Nancy in the bedroom to collect herself. When he does, Freddy rises again from the bed. Nancy renounces any power he had over her, and when she does, it renders his powers useless on her. She wakes the next morning with everyone back in her life. She kisses her mother goodbye and joins her friends in the car. Before they take off, they're jump-scared by the convertible top closing on its own. Then the windows roll up, trapping the teens inside before driving off. Marge watches in enjoyment from the front porch as she waves goodbye. Suddenly, Freddy's arm reaches out from the window and the door, pulling Marge's body through. Our movie ends. We finally get the showdown commences. She draws him out from the boiler room. We get it's flight of stairs that just keeps pushing her down more and more and more. Mm -hmm. I love when she brings him into the real world. I just want to skip to it because she knocks this motherfucker up. She knocks (laughs) him up. It's straight up some Home Alone stuff. I love that there's like a big sledgehammer that she props up outside her door Something about a light bulb and, like, an explosion. Uh, it's very... It's very Home Alone. Um, huh. But I still enjoy it. I, I do, too. She even sets him on fire. And I have to note, the stunt work actor that did this did this all in one take. We're talking explosion, running, doing the booga booga thing, running some more, <laughs> going up the stairs, and then falling. It, beautiful oh, and, work. And um, tackling and killing March on fire. Oh, yes, and Tackley. Oh, my God. Thank you for getting me to the saddest death. She did oh not deserve God. this. 
Oh, yeah, she did. She 100% had it coming. Well, what was the reason? But I will say, I would have thought the minute that, like, Freddie touched her, the amount of alcohol in her system would (laughs) have... That's what you saw, the charred corpse, bitch. (laughs) That wasn't Freddie. That was all her. (laughs) All he did, he barely walked into the room and she (laughs) spontaneously combusted. She was 80% alcohol by that point. <sighs> and then she descends into the afterlife after her dad finally comes in. After they s- finally get their attention. It is. I love the etherealism of it all. The dreamscape like comes full circle. Uh, of the like charred corpse just being lowered into mm. this glowy abyss. And then it just like dissolves back into the bed. Some good shit. Some good shit. It is, but it's also like a very quick wrap up. Very quick. She's dead. Okay, uh, Marge is dead. The lieutenant's just like okay with it right away. Like, oh, your mom's dead. Here, I'm gonna let you. She's probably like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna leave you be to like you know soak all this up, and I'm gonna be downstairs. He leaves. Freddie makes his iconic rise back from the dead, and then while I believe this is believable and like. You know, I understand that we needed this to wrap up the movie, but her just being like, you have no power over me. I don't know. This is just a dream. Yeah. It it works because, yes, like, he only has powers in her dreams. So, like, if she just didn't believe and she's not dreaming, I guess he really can't have any power over her. It just seems a little too simple for a movie that we sat through for an hour and a half. I can see the simplicity. I can also really see the swiftness of it all. You were kind of expecting Freddy to die in more of a grandiose type of manner. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. He just like TV static evaporates into, <laughs> yeah. the, ether, into the ether. Um, yeah. And then we immediately, like she walks out the front door and all of a sudden she's looking fine. Everything looks ethereal. We see the, she comes out. Mom's alive. Friends are alive. New car. Christine, she jumps in. Honestly. <laughs> and we get Freddy's sweater pattern appearing on yes. the car. And it's going to become a motif for the rest cop, of the yeah. series. Uh, how do you feel about this ending? I like this ending. Yeah. I think I like this ending more than the ending that they had originally prepared. Yeah. Um, I like this open-endedness of it because it gave us more wiggle room for the franchise. Uh, granted, the last kill of marge being pulled through the little window didn't age the best um but it's still a nice little jump scare especially because she had it coming because homegirl was all too happy to see them kids roll away screaming for bloody life in the bye goodbye (laughs) have a nice day at school i i think this is a better ending for me for marge granted i love the way she originally died marge is dead she's dead she's dead 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 i love the creepy ethereal almost magical way that the charred bodies saw her off but this death is hilarious they even tried to redo it with connie Britton in the remake and it's just like you can't oh yeah you can't redo it because this is wonderful seeing that blow up doll get sucked into the door is fantastic (laughs) we are here at the end of our dream and i really want to know what how do you feel about this film and what are your Final scores. This is in our Icons Month for a reason. This movie is iconic. It is a pillar in the horror like genre. I feel like any any sort of person who's interested in horror films at all has at least seen this movie. At least the first one. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I have to buy it. I love this movie. I own this movie. I own several copies of this movie. So, 
Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Yeah. <laughs> buy it. Yes. <laughs> like, what do you want from me? Uh, this is a fantastic film. It set the groundwork for the entire franchise that I adore so much. Robert England is fantastic. Heather Lambing, Heather Langenkamp destroys it. I love it. Mm-hmm. She's one of the best final girls. She's so smart and clever and takes down this little shit. Watch it, everybody. It's 84. One of the best years in like Pop 80s volume number one. pop culture. You can follow the Queens on our Instagram at the Carpenter Queens. Our Twitter account is at Carpenter Queens. My personal account is Nicholas. <laughs> My personal account is Nicholas Alexander Photography. My personal account is at STFU Ray. Thank you all for listening to this week's ac- Wow. We can't even end the episode properly. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Stay safe, stay queer, and you know, you know, have fun doing spooky stuff, y'all. <laughs> Be safe out there. Happy Halloween, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye.